Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here, and with me I have Stevenson Sylvester, former Utah great linebacker and played quite a few years in the NFL with the old Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Sly, how are you? I'm great. Thanks welcome for to me the on. show. I really appreciate you being here. So uh, you you grew up in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and uh, and you play, I'm sure you played sports and all that stuff. Did you play more than football growing up? Or you, yeah, it's, it's what, crazy. What other sports were you in? Um, I've always been into football ever since I was little. Ever since I could start watching TV or sports, which I was like four or five years old. Um, I was a Cowboys fan growing up, and my mom was a Broncos. Who wasn't fan. right? Right, America's yeah. team, Deion sure. Sanders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but See, uh, when I was growing up and I was a Cowboys fan, it was Roger Staubach. So it's a different era. Did you know he played for the Cowboys, by the way? Of course okay. I did. Right, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sports You know, buff. I played against Dion, by the way. I know you did. Yeah. He on Thanksgiving a couple you know times. It, I, uh, I actually can tell you how, how to beat Dion. There's a secret. The way. man on the island? You can beat the man oh, on the absolutely. island? Oh, absolutely. He didn't scare me. <laughs> you just had to know which routes to throw against him and which ones not to. Right. Right, right. Deep right. in routes, that was how you beat Dion. Really? Yeah, nothing, he, nothing short, nothing to the outside. For somebody for being a cover corner, he's uh, pretty aggressive in his press. Oh, he, oh, yeah. But he was a guy. See, here's the thing: everything to the inside for Dion, he didn't want to mess with. Really? Cause, yeah, because I got to go in there and I got to tackle people. He didn't want to do mm-hmm. that. What he wanted to do is he wanted he wanted a quarterback to throw a deep out and pick it off and run it back for a touchdown so he could be prime time, right? <laughs> so you just don't let him do that. Just don't throw no, a deep out. No, no. back shoulder fades. No, 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 no. Now you want to throw a fade on him? That's easy. <laughs> the fade is? Oh, it's the easiest route in the world to throw on him. So you look away from him, and the receiver just kind of jogs off the line, right? Heinz like, Ward. Heinz did right. that the best. And then you, you kind of fake it over here, and then Your you know, late, you go. Because he got yeah. lazy. Because he got lazy. Because ah. he's like, ah, this guy's not going. Because why does he get lazy? Because no one throws to him. Right. Because he's too good. Right. So he's like, ah, they're always going to look away from me. Catch him sleeping. You know it. Nice. Everyone <laughs> has their kryptonite. Anyway, so it's you funny, grew up. other quarterbacks weren't that smart to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some were dumb, some were smart. I, I know a lot of things. Right. I do. I know a lot of things. I need and you some, on my team on the Turkey Bowl. Oh, we're going to get into that. I want. I want. But so we got to go back to when you grew up. I'm sorry, I got way down a rabbit hole here. But uh, we, you growing up, and uh, you. So you played football. You played in other sports. Yeah, yeah. People didn't even know I played football. I mean, I love football, but I was more of a basketball player. And so, like, when I got a scholarship to you for to play football, the, people were like, when did you start playing football? 
Really? I didn't, I didn't even know. So the thing Did you is, have chances playing basketball? Yeah, but they were the smaller schools. Okay. And, you know, Utah is Utah. They just won the Fiesta Bowl, right. the Emerald Bowl. So um, a better education, a real D1, and a real opportunity to, to, to do. I, I mean, I love basketball, but I was better at football than I was basketball. So you, you growing up your whole life, you lived in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. What was it like coming to Utah? It was a big culture shock. It was yeah. different. You know, I've over the years talked to a lot of recruits that are from California and in Texas and really got the same feeling that I got when I was here. It's like, is people here really that nice? <laughs> like, is, is something up? I feel like because normally when somebody's that nice, right. they have something's going on. Something's yeah. up. They yeah, try the to take advantage on, of right? you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're always like on your toes and never trusting people and this and that. And like a lot of the guys come here and they just don't get it. It's like. Yeah. People really want to help me out. This is the weirdest thing ever, and it's genuine. And so um, getting used to that was was awesome. I love this community so much. It's probably why I'm, I decided to move back here. See, for me, it was the opposite way because I grew up here, and I grew up that way. Yeah. And then I went to, of all places, Miami, Florida, and you're <laughs> nice to people there, and they're like, get away from me. <laughs> like, we're going to get restraining orders. <laughs> you're going to jail. This is <laughs> yeah, This is a bad thing. So, so you decide to stay in Utah after after school. Why did you do that? What, what was it? So, um, you know, I, I've been playing four years with the Steelers, and I see a lot of the the veteran players. They always have off season homes, which right. is their main homes, and then they yeah. come back here. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. It's like it's football. You never know what team you're going to sure. be on, but you definitely need a home. So you're you're paying mortgage at all these different places, but you don't have a real home. So I was like, okay, either go back home to Vegas. Um, go back to Utah or where else do you want to live? I wanted to live in San Diego. I love San Diego. I'm with you. But I think I would literally be so upset every single day that I wouldn't enjoy it because of how expensive it is. Right. I'm I'm a cheap guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a penny pincher. I I love it. But you should fit in really well in Utah. Then. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think that's why I moved back here. Completely. It was yeah. besides me. Like, look, I don't want to be that close to family but i want to be close enough ah, that i want to go home right. whenever i want um was, was a ticker but you know i just knew so many people and i had such an amazing time here in utah that i'm just like this is this is where i want to be this is where i want to start a family this is where i want to take my next stage in life and and tell me about some of the next stages that you've taken in your life yeah um so i got a career ending knee injury i tore my patella tendon my last year with the buffalo bills but before that i bought a house here um, so while I was rehabbing and stuff, I, they, they sent me home to rehab, which was here. And so, um, I, I, the thing to take my mind off of my injury and, and training and this and that was doing community service. You know, while we were here, coach Witt was big on community service, him and coach Anderson, they made it a big part of our off season to go help out elementary schools, go do manual labor projects, partner with Habitats for Humanity or, or other things like that, seek ways to help the community. And then even in the NFL, you know, they harp on it, NFL Play 60. Um, and then all of your teammates had nonprofits of their own, and I was always first to volunteer. So um, staying on that path, I'm just like, let Matt Martinez came to me while I was injured. He was like, do you want to go feed the homeless, this and that? And I'm like, of course I do. I did it, and it was the most rewarding thing. It was so awesome. We made burritos out of rice and beans. It felt so simple, but meant so much to this person that we were giving it to. And so I started doing that more and more. And then um, I started this charity project during the winter called Shop with Sly, where I take some of my teammates and we partner them with disadvantaged kids and adoption families. And, and we take them shopping for Christmas because they ultimately wouldn't have gifts so they see they go to show and tell at class and they see all these kids that bring toys and stuff and they're just 
they don't, they don't have, have anything. that. Yeah. And so um, we partner with kids. We give them a hundred dollar gift card, and we let them do a shopping spree in the store. And so we're teaching them what a hundred dollars actually means because there's some of those that are really young kids, and so they want to get these big eighty dollar toy and nothing else. And they're like, dang, I have to think. Maybe I can get this twenty dollar toy and get five of those instead of getting just this one. And you know, so their brain just starts thinking, and then um, they spend one on one time with the athletes. So uh, a lot of them idolize these athletes. So they ask them questions like when you were my age, what were you thinking? Yada, yada, yada. So we, they spend time with these guys and, and, and understand that they can, they can shift a, in different ways. So we really want to affect those kids in that way. And so after that first year of doing all that, me and Matt, we got together and said, we want to start a nonprofit just like my teammates and make that happen. Well, that's really cool. Um, I, I want to ask you a quick question. Then we got to go to break here. Tell me, and it, the answer doesn't have to be quick, but it's a quick question. Tell me about the most memorable moments you had in your professional career. Like, what was the one moment that just that will stay with you for for the rest of your life? <laughs> uh, probably my my rookie year. Um, I'm doing great. I had a tremendous. Uh, preseason to the point where I, I got drafted by the Steelers. The Steelers are like really just won the Super Bowl a, a year ago, and they're stacked at linebacker. They don't need a linebacker, but they draft me because they have extra picks. And I just kill it during preseason, and I make the team. And we play the Falcons opening game. We end up going to overtime. Rashard Mendenhall breaks it. Our Troy Palmer gets an interception to lead us to overtime. Rashard Mendenhall breaks a 50-yard touchdown for, to win it. The very next week, we play the Titans. And I, that was a home game. The first away game where I'm on my own, I have to get to the airport. I don't know Pittsburgh. So the the player director gave me the wrong airport. Oh, no. And so <laughs> I'm trying to find this place. I want to be early. I'm a rookie. I don't know nothing. <laughs> That's what they tell you. Um, did they give you the wrong airport on purpose? No. I don't know if I did. Uh, here nor there, it was messed <laughs> up. So... I, I'm sitting there, the, the security director calls me like, where the are you? And I'm like, I'm on this road, this road. And he's like, oh, my God. And he just hangs up on me. I'm like, so you're going to help me out or what? And anyway, I missed the plane. Oh, no. They leave without me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, I have to fly commercial to Tennessee. So I get on Southwest, and I fly commercial to Nashville. And uh, I walk in a room. Everybody's all in their pajamas. I got my travel backpack and clothes on. All the veterans just start clapping. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And Dick LeBeau's just shaking his head at me. And Mike Tomlin wouldn't even look at me. Oh, my goodness. He would not look at me. He didn't say anything until after the game and I had a boss game so I caused a fumble I had a key block for Antonio Brown's first touchdown on a kickoff return um, I, I had heck of tackles I even got in on defense and made some stuff and after the game it was like a tight game where we ended up winning by like three or four points the first thing Mike Tomlin says is Steven Sylvester's a lucky any, any, and I'm like, after all of that, like Dennis Dixon had a great game. Like Heath Miller caught a couple touchdowns. You want to mention me? So I'll never forget that. I oh, missed, great, I missed the plane. That is a great story because that would be my worst nightmare. I mean, I can't imagine that. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna do the gauntlet of truth. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you some questions. You have to tell me the truth. Got it. All right. You won't go to prison or you, or anything like that. So hey, the feds are watching. No, we're okay, right? All right. Okay, we'll be back in just a sec. All right, welcome.
Welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell uh, with me today. Stevenson Sylvester, uh, former University of Utah great linebacker and, of course, a heck of player in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like that heck of play thing we had earlier. Uh, great story about about the whole uh, missing the plane thing. I love that. Okay, I'm going to do the, the gauntlet of truth. All right, and it, it, just so you know, this is you have to tell the truth, and it's graded, and uh, and I'll know if you lie. What's the scale? Um, it's I don't know. I, it's my scale, <laughs> so we'll figure it out. All right, all right, all right. And there's one person who's gotten a perfect score, but other than that, and, and it wasn't Tommy Hackett, was it? No, <laughs> no. We have football players on here. Come on. <laughs> No, actually, it was Gail Miller. Really? The owner of the Utah Jazz. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and she was awesome. All right. You're you're walking down the street, and you, there's a there's a, a wallet on the ground, and it has it has about $500,000 in cash. Mm-hmm. There's no name on the wallet other than it's a known drug dealer. So the money is... So I know I know it's a drug dealer. I, I, don't I wa- even ask me how. Don't get don't okay. get caught in okay. the weeds in okay. this. Okay. What do you do? No one's gonna know. Right. No one's around. Five hundred thousand dollars in cash that no one knows about. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not turning into police. Okay. Good. I've seen I've seen plenty of people that that said they'd do that, and that's I definitely wouldn't. do What that. would you do? Come on. I would hold on to it. Thank you. I would hold on to it. I wouldn't spend it. I would hold on to it. <laughs> But did they, what, would you just would you rub it all around you or something? What yeah, is, be like, uh, was it uh, Mc, McDuck? He used to do that. <laughs> yeah, swimming in the right. <laughs> in no, money. no, no. Come on, um, five hundred thousand dollars in a wallet. That's 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 great. Would you spend some of it? Or maybe N- not it, at first. I would not at first. But at, now, but, now, now, but at second, you would. Yes. Okay. Um, when I was younger, no question. When I was in college and I had no money, I didn't know what money was like. Right. Yes, but after I've had money and I understand, like. I'm. Che- I really don't need anything. <laughs> I am like, like if I want to drive in a fast car, or have it. I'll literally go test drive it, and that's that's and my you're fix. G- you're good enough. That's good. And yeah. like my teammates would have Lambos and stuff like that. I'd literally be in the passenger seat and get my fix. I'm yeah. totally fine. Um, I wouldn't spend it just because I want to make sure that it's all clear and any stories oh, or, okay. or anything like that. And then once you know, so you'd launder it first. Yes, got to clean the money. I watched a show called Power on Stars. Thank you. You have to make sure the money's clean before I you got, spend it. This is the first question, okay? Just so you know, you're on your way. You're on your way to 100%. Serious, because I, I have never had anyone who has been that honest. And I finally, <laughs> finally got someone to tell me the truth. Because if I got it, I'd keep it. I would keep it. What's wrong with this? This is on the ground. It's cash money. I found it. I found it. I'd right. keep it. All right, what's the biggest regret you've had in your life? Um, biggest, I, 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 I fix things so I'm not in a regret. I really think my story has led me to where I'm at today for a reason. You know, the things that happened to me in the NFL. So you're telling me you don't have any regrets? I don't, there's, there's a few. Um, All right, but what, I, I'm just saying one? that. Come on, I, there's one. Probably not. The thing is, I trained hard, but I wish I would have spent more money on educating myself on how to be a, a real professional. I oh. think I learned how to be a professional too late. Ah, 
as a, a professional athlete too late. There's a yeah. lot of nuances that go into being a professional athlete. I, I you know, know well, yes. Um, I I fancy myself a pretty darn good football player as far as my knowledge of the game and, and where my progression has, has led me um, to my last years in the NFL. Um, I wish I would have invested more in learning how to be a professional athlete. I like that answer. Uh, from your life experience so far, What's the one thing? What's your one takeaway from life? What, what what could they put on your tombs tombstone? The thing that I take away from life is is it's really cliche because it's really true. And um, on my arm, I have it tatted one chance. So I, my my thing with that is I I like to go at things, whatever I do, whether. Uh, I'm trying to play football, I'm trying to play baseball, I'm trying to do whatever I want to do, whether it's be a chef or whatever. I have, look at it as I have one opportunity to do it. You know, you go at it, you give it 100% and have confidence when you do it. If you go at things and you know that you have one chance, like, like look, like a drug dealer has a gun to your family's head and you have one chance to go do this thing that they're asking you to do, that's how you need to look at everything you have in life. And so I would take away from life is that don't doubt yourself. I literally was doubting myself my whole childhood. And in my junior and senior year, something happened where it clicked. And all the things that I thought in my mind I could do, I literally did. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of a miserable, why was I holding myself back this whole time? It's a miserable place to sit there and doubt yourself. Right. It's, it's so miserable. It's like, get out of that get out of that life and get into one where there's hope, where where there's belief, where there's there's this positive energy. Because there's, there's not an ounce of room to be in a place where you doubt yourself. Right. It's a miserable, a miserable life. That's the worst thing you could do is 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 put yourself behind the hurdle. You know, is is set yourself back because you got all these haters out there. You got all these people, all these obstructions out there to to get in your way. Why put yourself? Because you're the right. biggest part of that. Why put yourself as one of those yeah. obstructions? Yeah. And so every time that I look at something, I look at that that junior to senior year of high school where I just was like. I can do this, and I went out and did it. Got a full ride football scholarship, went all the way to state finals in in basketball, simply because I was just I let go and I said I can do this. So that's that's what I take out of life. Isn't it funny how sports gives you an opportunity to find that out? No I mean, question. I mean, so many people get denied uh, that kind of knowledge, that kind of experience, because they 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 don't they don't experience life and it, and it's it's not that everyone has to play sports mm -hmm. it's just one of the great the great positive things about sports is you find out about yourself you find out who you are okay last question you're doing good by the way in fact i don't know he's in the running here <laughs> besides any of your family so whomever significant other spouse parents brothers sisters uncles mm -hmm. what person has had the biggest impact in your life and why Outside of my family? Yeah. Single person? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I could go down the list. Jeez. Dang. Um, that's tough. That's that's the hardest question you've given me. Uh, Jeez. I know, lots on the line on this one, too. Well, well it is, because I'm looking at what stage of life. You know, high school, because I learned something. How about how about the first person that popped into your mind when I said the question? College. I would say Coach Anderson. Okay. Why? Just the confidence that he had in me at a young age. You know, I came in as a freshman, little 
firecracker. I started a little bit, thought I was talk, thought I was good, and you know got humbled. You know, I got injured, then got benched, and and didn't play until my sophomore year. But you know, him and Kalani um, did a great job of you know bringing me in, honing me in, and making sure my mind was right because. At a young age, I was 18, and I'm starting doing all this good, and then all of a sudden, you bench me. And, like, there wasn't, like, real reason why you benched me. And so it's like I'm in my own head. It's like, oh, my God, I must have messed up. I did this and that. And I think Coach Kalani and Coach Anderson, um, you know, I spent a lot of time with them um, understanding where I can get better and what I need to do, what I need to showcase, um, you know, no Kalani, you know, they're not the, the boss, you know, and so they have to do what, you know, the head man says, but I think they did a great job of keeping my head in it because th- there's so many cases where kids are that young and they, they get that much adversity and they just quit. They're done. Yeah. And so, um, I think that was a, a huge turning point for me. All right. There you have it, folks. There's, uh, Sylvester, Stevenson, Sylvester and the gauntlet of truth with a, with a 90, I'm going to give him a 98. Oh, I like it. I said, yeah. "Hey, baby." <laughs> yeah, it is. That was that was it was an excellent, excellent answer. Ah, heck, I'm going to give you 100. percent Oh, boom! I, Take that, Gail Miller. You know, see, she answered the last one different because she said, "Oh, I, I wouldn't touch the money because she's got all the money in the world, right?" right, she's right like right. whatever. Uh, so, anyways, but great job, and thank you so much for being on on the show. You're an awesome guy. Got a lot of great things going, and Thanks for having I'm sure me. we'll talk. All right, so tell me about this whole turkey bowl thing, because I'm I'm a big fan of turkey bowls. I'm a Hall of Fame turkey bowl quarterback, and of course I played on Thanksgiving when uh, for the Lions, so I've been on the on those turkey bowls. Uh, but you got this really cool thing going on. Tell me about it. Yeah, well, like you, everybody loves turkey bowls. They do. It's I awesome. do too. Yes. You know, um, and so. My nonprofit is called Athletes Strong. We take athletes and do community service projects. So we're raising a fundraiser for our winter service events. What better way to do than put on an athletic event? And around holiday season, what more athletic event than a turkey bowl? So you have a turkey bowl you put together. Mm -hmm. We put a turkey bowl. This is our second year doing it. Rice Eccles Stadium. When is it? It's this Saturday. Uh, This Saturday, November 23rd. I would show up. I'm going to be in Arizona for the Utah game, which is the only excuse for not being there. But I would be there. I'll be there next year, guaranteed. No question. You yeah. got to do a job. I, I, yeah, I, I'm with I, that. I understand. But the Turkey Bowl, it's great. Rice Eccles Stadium, so you get to act just like some of the players. Some you of get your to play on fans. the actual field. On the actual field. Very cool. And it's a tournament. Tournament, yeah, double elimination tournament. And uh, actually, the team that raises the most funds, so we're having a competition for the team to raise funds for the nonprofit. Oh. The team that raises the most funds will get an extra elimination round. So Whoa. everybody else gets two chances. Like a, a mulligan. Yeah, exactly. Buying a mulligan. So you can also sign up as an individual, right? You don't have to be a, on team, a team or a team collectively. So if you're, if you're an individual, you want to show up, you can. Mm-hmm. They'll put you on a good team. You know, next year you, I might be your quarterback. Who knows? But this year you'll have to just figure it out on your <laughs> own. So very cool. Love it. Where can they go to sign up? Yeah, go to my website, www.athletestrong.org, and you'll be able to register for a team. Um, if you guys can't get a team together and you want to be a part of the free agent team or the undrafted team, just uh, email me at info at athletestrong.org, and we'll get you on a free agent team. All right, Helmets Off is now off. We're powered by kslsports.com, Facebook, Helmets Off podcast, Twitter, Helmets Off show. Until then, we'll catch you soon.